Welcome back to the Loud Pedal Podcast. We promised Andy Reinbold would be on the show today. He is amongst his trophies uh, behind yeah. him. Like that's a nice setup there, man. You got to. I was just telling Dylan, I just got a new setup. We got a little flow logo behind me. It looks awesome. And then you come in here with baller status. You got your Oval Nationals winning there. What else you got? USAC Championship trophy. Looks like a couple other things. Drillers back. Chili there. ball. Drillers. Yeah. Drillers. Driller. Yeah. Drill. Of course, the driller. Yeah. Got to have the driller. Is that your favorite one? Is that your favorite one? The driller of all those? That's a tough one, man. I don't know. That that Oval Nationals is pretty important to me being out here on the West Coast. That one's pretty badass. So definitely those two. Um the USAC national win's pretty important as well, too. But I got some here in Arizona and some in Indiana Indiana that are pretty special to me. But that uh the one up there that um shoot, what is it? Uh the Donnie Ray Crawford, the inaugural race there. That one's pretty special, too. I had to bring that one home to Arizona. That's that's sick. So you are in Arizona right now. Do you guys have a shop in Indiana, or is your shop in Arizona? <clears throat> so we have a, AME Electrical Contracting is based out of Arizona, so that's where I'm at right now working. Um, and then we have a shop in Brownsburg, Indiana, where all the guys are the, – the midgets, the sprint cars, the wing cars, everything. That's where the guys work out day to day. So how much are you, are you like, do you live in Arizona and, and so you can work and then you just go, you know, go to the races or, or what's your week like, you know, during the summer and stuff when you guys are busy racing and you got to work. So the beginning of the year, like right now, we'll just fly back and forth, me and Hayden will, as far as racing. And then about Memorial Day, the, the end of May, we'll fly out and then we have a house there and we'll live out there for the summer. And right after about SmackDown that time, September 1st, we'll come back to Arizona. I'll work remotely uh, from Indiana during that time. Indiana's a good place to work remotely. Just ask me. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> I was there all freaking summer last year. It seemed like my wife said we were going to buy a summer house uh, down right. there. But uh, no, you have an interesting story, right? So you were a race car driver. You were, right? Like uh, you bought your first sprint car in 2002. Is that accurate? Yeah, 2002. Right Tell us that there. story, how that happened. Well, that's an interesting story. So we were just going to the races at Manzanita Speedway, me and my wife, and uh, we ended up going down in the pits, meeting Charles Davis Jr. and, uh, you know, a guy named Fred Bryan, uh, the local heroes out at Manzanita, uh, Jeremy Sherman, all those guys got to be friends with them. And I ended up buying a roller from from Fred for like $4,500. So we had the roller and uh, Todd Underwood, the Reinbold Underwood side of it. Me and him just worked side jobs every night. So my dad would give us this work uh, to save up and we ended up buying a motor and we just rolled out to Manzi one day on the short track and started racing. I had no experience, no nothing. I was in the way, just, you know, slow, but we raced with a lot of good race cars. Right back, back then it was pretty competitive out there in the Southwest. I uh, raced with a lot of guys, um, just got faster and, and worked hard at it. And I think we raced for, I think three or four years ago was the last race I had, but, um, you know, just got better at it and, just got obsessed with it. Like everybody in racing, right. Just absolutely obsessed with it. So where did your interest in, in the sport even start? You know, I mean, I know being out there in that region probably helped, but, but why did you even go as a fan just because it was something to do or were you interested in it prior to that? Well, my, my dad was uh, a little bit involved. He helped people. He liked to be there. He'd take us out there. Me and my brother and my mom as kids, we would go. It's kind of what we did. We were either, at the drag races, um, he's a big straight line guy. Uh, at, at Manzanita, you know, Canyon Speedway, 
um, he had like a Formula V. I remember as a small child, um, I never really saw him race, but he had a lot of stuff. He was just had a lot of friends in it, you know, the networking of it and meeting people. And it's kind of just what we did at the racetrack. You're muted, Tyler. <laughs> of course I am. Manzanita is a cool racetrack. Tell us about why it was so cool and why it's so sad that it's gone. Well, yeah, it was badass. It was, uh, you know, everybody talks about the half mile, right? The half mile, how big it was, fast it was. But the like on, on a Saturday night on the short track, the racing was insane. It was, you know, 40 really good race cars. It was 360, um, not 410, unfortunately. But um, it was competitive. Uh, put on great races. I mean, the history of it. Wendy McDonald is the announcer. Um, it, it, and honestly, it was it was like a party afterwards, right? Like we all hung out. We had a good time. Everybody helped each other. It was just a good vibe. It was fun. Um, and then the you know what ten times or so we get on the the half mile it was amazing. I remember the first time I got on the half mile. I'm running down the back stretch, and my head just boom. boom. I'm like what in the hell is that? So I'm going around, we're hot lapping, you know, I go around and it happens again. I realize it's like the opening of when you bring the trailers in there and we're going so fast. And of course we didn't have these fancy seats that have now all that stuff. Right. Um, and my head would just slap back and forth and it was like, dude, I am hauling freaking ass right here. <laughs> <laughs> so. Around that time period, right. 2002 Tim, actually it's funny because Tim Truex and I were just watching some video from, man's in need he's been uh collecting his video that he that he shot from back in the day the car the cars were huge right like i just i just saw a picture of uh jack hodenshield's mopar million win it looked like a silver crown car but then like damian gardner brought in a wing sprint car and like the cars started to get smaller like do you remember that time period and the race to thin out your cars and make them lighter and, and try to get them faster yeah, I mean, we were we were broke, man. We didn't have we was work running two cars out of a, my wife couldn't park in our garage. Like we just had like a car and a backup car kind of put together, you know, grade eight bolts. Um, you know, they just everything was used, nothing was brand new. Um, and you know, honestly crashed quite a bit. So we just put what we could on the car to get back out to the next weekend. But yeah, Damien coming in, uh a lot of those guys from you know, from over there in California some pretty nice stuff we were you know towards you know the mid 2000s i'd say we had some pretty nice stuff we were able to get some good stuff and you know lightweight lines and in and, and new shocks and new cars and and really get after it and really step our game up and our performance up and there's definitely some leaders like like i think you know ricky gaunt charles charles davis jr um damien out here that kind of set the bar high for sure i i was kind of leads me to my next question as a guy who, you know, is in it and you're trying to learn, you're trying to grow and just get better. What was it like to kind of be in that region, um, you know, with the CRA guys? And I know, you know, I know you were on, you know, the Southwest kind of area, but like those guys, you just mentioned like Rip Williams, like Mike Spencer and like all those guys right, that, you know, right. kind of in that area were just huge, you know, nationally known names. What was it like for you right. to kind of get to compete against those guys? Well, it seemed like every time we'd go over to Paris, because we'd only go, you know, five, six times a year, that track was so odd, like, right, long straightaways, tight corners. And, you know, we'd get over there, and it kind of intimidated, kind of like when the national guys go up with all the nationals now, right? Like Damien and all those guys kick ass, and then the national guys show up, and it's almost like they're just intimidated immediately by them and just suck, right? Um, so, anyways, yeah, it felt like, uh, you know, 
I'd always uh, qualify like not very well. Uh, start on the front row, you know, get into the show, super excited, get out on the straight, you know, the front stretch and realize because my qualifying time was so bad, we started 20th, right? And then about halfway through the race, find the rhythm. And, you know, I think we ran like a seventh place with those guys one time and we were just burning the place down, drinking beer, having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was competitive. Definitely. Like you said, Mike Spencer, man, it goes, the, the list goes on. Some really good race car drivers over there. It's kind of a shame where it's at now, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really cool era of uh, USAC CRA, uh, you know, 360 sprint car racing. You mentioned the crashes. What was the biggest? <laughs> wow, there was a lot of them. Um, <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> Tucson, uh, Tucson was uh, down there. Uh, we went, I went, I went like kind of at the flagman. I'm not sure if I went over him, but I started going into the stands and the fence grabbed the, the car and kind of threw it back on the racetrack. And I remember I was upside down on the car. And I'm huge, right? I'm six foot seven, so I'm claustrophobic in this thing to begin with. And the first thing I do is just like pop my belts off. And uh, a car hit me, and my belts were off. And I'm like, oh, that hurt. That really hurt. So, yeah, that one's pretty good down there in Tucson. Have you ever tried to fit in one of your midgets? Have you ever tried to climb down in there? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, it's first, <laughs> first one we got. That's the first thing I did, and it's not going to happen. So <laughs> I'm extremely jealous of my son, Hayden. Extremely jealous. He drives those midgets because they look like a blast. <laughs> he looks like he's going to be tall too, though. Yeah, actually, uh, Sammy just told me that he was at the doctor and they're thinking another growth spurt might be coming here. So I know he doesn't want to get any taller. He's happy where he's at. Um, I think if he gets any taller, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for him to get in there for sure. He's going to be silver crown racing. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. The next step. We'll have to get a Civic Crown car. <laughs> so you you mentioned, you know, you drove and, and you kind of got to a point where um I guess you just decided you wanted to kind of transition to the full time ownership role. Um what was that what was that point for you? Where, you know, where and when did you kind of decide that was the route you wanted to take? I wanna say it was like two thousand sixteen, seventeen. I actually called Justin Grant because at the time they had that uh, a deal that Jack Slash was doing. Um, oh, I can't remember the name. Dirty of it, for 30, right? Dirty for there 30. You, there you go. And, and like, I'm not much of an internet guy or like, I don't actually talk that many people at the racetrack. I just kind of roll with my crew and, and uh, not very social at the racetrack. But that being said, like I saw Justin on one of those dirty for 30s. I'm like, man, I want that guy to race my car. I can, I think we could win with him, right? So I called him up to run the Western World Noble Nationals, and he told me he had, he already had a ride. So I called Brady Short, and we brought Brady out here. And uh, <clears throat> Brady ran for me out in the Southwest, you know, with Paris and, and Tucson, and, you know, Manji was gone, uh, Arizona Speedway. And we did that for a couple of years and, and had some success. And, and, you know, we got to be really good friends with him and his family. Um, and then one time he had to leave. He had to leave after the Western World. We're going over to the wet to Ovals because it used to finish the year, and uh, something happened where he had to leave immediately. So I cold called Hunter Schoenberg, who ironically became one of my, my dearest friends. I love him and his family, um, and he flew out, and I, I think we ran like I don't know top five or something at the Oval Nationals, and just kind of got that that itch of like man. This is fun, you know, working with these kids, these younger guys, um, being successful, uh, being competitive. 
And then that relationship of Brady kind of introduced me into Logan. And with Logan Seavey, we just started, we started racing a lot of 410 stuff throughout the Southwest. Um, liked working again with like trying to put opportunity in front of kids that, that haven't raced a lot of sprint car stuff yet. Um, rather than kind of cherry pick or retread things, try to find, you know, I think Jason McDougall, one of the first times he ever ran a, a 410 non-wing car. We just came out here and, and just raced, right? We uh, went to Casa Grande for a local race. And I said, hey, man, if this works out, we can go run some CRA stuff. And we did. And, and we did pretty good at it. And then, of course, you start winning. And, uh, you know, that's that's the drug right there. Once you start winning, it's like, okay, we just got to, how far can we go with this thing? How much different was it, right? So, like, you you talked about how you wanted to finish seventh. And then you partied and you had fun. Like, obviously, race car driving is fun. But, like, when you get to this point now to where you're, you're, you're winning races, like, that has to really pull you in. It does. And, and it kind of changes you. Absolutely. Like it goes from, uh, it goes from being the last ones to leave the pits and how are we getting home conversations to the first ones loading up and pissed off because you ran second. Right. Um, so you still got to remember to enjoy it, to have, to have a good time with it and, and understand the process of it. But yeah, that, that, um, that winning does take over and it gets you just, you know, consumed with it. Um, you know, trying to find the next, the next product or piece or motor or whatever it may be. Um, but I'm still a big believer. Like now we got Mitchell in the, in the, uh, non-wing car. You know, I, I just, I, there's something that drives me about working on the race cars, working with the younger kids and, and seeing the success. So when you win, right. With a kid that's never won before, that's, that's pretty, pretty rewarding. It's extremely rewarding. Obviously, you mentioned Hayden, your son, that, you know, is running midgets and is kind of on his way up the ladder. For you to kind of put him in those situations where he is getting to kind of work side by side with, you know, guys like Mitchell or, or Dason or, you know, whoever yep. it is. Yep. What's that been like for him or even for you as, you know, kind of watching him and how it's maybe impacted how he's growing and getting better? Right. So, like, for him, take a step back, right? We When we – he had never raced anything in his life. And uh, sports, football, basketball, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, one day, it's like, hey, I'd like to race. Like, okay. So we got a midget. And uh, <clears throat> I figured, well, we'll start there and we'll go West Coast and, and learn and, and, you know, do that USAC West Coast stuff they have available. And then COVID came in. And when COVID hit, um, there was just no racing, right? So we were renting racetracks. We were practicing. Um, I mean, filling time, honestly, we were all just bored, right? So. Uh, out here in the Southwest doing what we can to get him as much seat time. And then boom, everything, well, nothing opened out, out West. And uh, I think it was Port city USAC two day show was the first, you know, race that we had uh dirt race that I can recall. And it's like, well, shit, let's go. Right. Um, and, uh, and we just fed him to the wolves there. So kind of unfair to him. And I think he's progressing, you know, quite nicely for, for the situation that he was put in. Um, you know, which is a pretty unfair situation when, you know, having to do it over again, probably would have and not had COVID and some other things, but he's, uh, he's really progressing. Well, I'm proud of him. He, uh, he, uh, he has a really good attitude about things and, uh, you know, he has the speed, he can qualify, he can run with the guys. Um, it's just that kind of that race craft, right. Figuring out when I should pass, when I, when I should run somebody a certain way or how they're going to run me and, uh, just, you know, taking time to get there, but, you know, we had two local wins last year. Um, I have a, I have two checks uh, on my wall over here that I, that I framed. That's a chili bowl check and his, uh, 
thousand dollars at USAC on the local, I'm sorry, Jackson, Jacksonville, uh, local race that are pretty important to me. So like it, it's cool. Again, I say racing with the young kids and, and winning with Mitchell and stuff, but man, when you're, when your kid has some success, it's, it's, that's, that's, that's what it's all about for sure. He really has progressed. And, and it seems like every time he gets on the racetrack, he gets better. Um, and, and, and you mentioned the unfairness, right? The unfairness is the fact that you threw him against the greatest competition in midget racing, right? Like oh, yeah. you gave yeah. him good equipment, like you gave him right. good enough equipment, but right. you also threw him against the best, the best midget drivers in the entire world. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I remember he was the first car out his first race, USAC, he's the first car out. And I mean, I'm tuning on it. We, we didn't have, uh, you know, all the crew chiefs and <clears throat> the time on the midgets. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm a sprint car guy, you know, we're just kind of doing our best guess. Um, and he's the first car out and I'm like, well, you'll be quick time for a couple laps, bud, you know, <laughs> <laughs> keep it fun. Have fun with it. Right. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> What so now, Andy? When you go to the track, you know I know obviously you're a guy that um, you know that was hands on with your own stuff at one time, but you've got guys that work for you now that go up and down the road with these cars. When you're at the track, what is your role? Do you you know how how do you balance the owner, the you know that all those roles that you kind of have to juggle when you're at the racetrack? Right. Well, I'm kind of a control freak. I can admit that. Um, but it, 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 so here's the deal. We have parallel paths that we run, um, on the midget side of things. Connor Ridge is the crew chief. He's the, the, the manager of that team. And then he has, a a couple guys underneath him that run up and down the road. We'll put, we'll have, I think 86 events with the midgets and then, uh, Dason's like 30 to 40 of those. So multiple cars at about half of them. Um, <clears throat> and then on the sprint card side of things, uh, I, I am the crew chief. Um, I love, I absolutely love sprint cars. Um, I can't imagine being there, not working on them. Um, but like I told AJ, AJ Parker, he's the car chief. Um, and then Frenchie, he's the, the tire specialist. Um, he, uh, they get everything ready. They do everything for me so I can work. I continue, uh, doing what I need to do. Usually on a, a back-to-back night, I'll come in, I'll run the valves, we'll load it up and we'll hit the racetrack and, and those guys are really, really blessed to have them because they do a really good job and make my job real easy to where we just got to make the decisions on, you know, tire spacing, tire pressure, you know, whatever it may be, uh, weight, you know, shock, things like that. See, I didn't know you were still the, the crew chief on the sprint car, which which brings up this question. You've had some interesting characters in your race car, right? Like right. Uh, Tanner Thorson, um, right. he builds his own cars. He's his own crew chief. Like, Right. CJ Leary, he's the same way. He works on his own cars and stuff right. like that. I, when you worked with those guys, you obviously won a championship uh, with, right. with Leary, but were you the crew chief then? I, uh, not in 2019. Uh, I had uh, Davey Jones as the crew chief. We were new to being out there in the the, the, the uh, national circuit there. So we had Davey at the time, and and uh, he was responsible for that. And then after that, uh, when uh, CJ and Davey and myself parted ways and I hired Logan to go full-time, I had Rizzy on board at the wrenches there and i had rizzy for about a year and a half and then we split ways as well and that's when i took over those duties um as that guy um and worked with uh tanner and uh and logan some and uh and mitchell so yeah so it's i see you mentioned the parallels it's kind of interesting too you know the, you, the guys that you've had to work on your stuff you know a lot of young guys guys that you know have that are established but that have 
um, you know, a long career ahead of them too. Is that something that's important to you too, to kind of get, get guys that know what they're doing in there, but that are young too, and can kind of grow with the team and, and, you know, as you guys all continue to progress. Absolutely. With the guys that work for me, like Connor, Jacob, uh, AJ and Frenchie, like our, I know it's not realistic and it probably won't happen, but our goal is to work forever with each other, right. To, 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 to grow. I mean, if you look at the teams that are successful, it's the guys that stay together. Right. And of course, obviously we would love for Mitchell to stay with us or Dayson or Hayden or whatever for long-term. What's the reality of that? God only knows. Um, but yeah, if we stick together, the, the, the plan is definitely for us to stick together. It makes things a lot easier. Yeah. That's, that's the best part about, and what I commend, you know, Keith and you got in you and, and, and Tim and, and these guys who, who own teams like this is that you're not just employing a race car driver and giving a race car driver a chance or giving, you know, others to have an opportunity to work in racing too, right? Like Dylan and I, well, Dylan's a race car driver, but I've never sat in a race car and I've made a living in racing too, because of, of people who were, have given me opportunities to work in the field, right? Like that probably means a lot to you to be able to, you know, like AJ and Connor, like to, to, to have them in the fold and to see them be able to have success in racing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, Connor, when Connor came to me, he was the tire guy right now. He's the crew chief for the midgets. And he, I, I, I know that's with Dayson at Port city. I I'm pretty sure that was his first win as a crew chief, you know, with, with uh, Ryan Bold Underwood Motorsports and was special, man. I, I, I've never been at the racetrack where my car hasn't won. That's the first time that's ever happened to me. I'm watching on flow and I'm, or whatever it was on going nuts, you know, and, uh, and the first thing I did was text Connor. Like it was so awesome for him. Right. And to see the growth of that. And, and we've struggled, you know, we've had some struggles with the midget side of things. And, and we had a long conversation going into chili bowl this year. Like, Hey, we have to turn this around. We have to get to the next level. And he's worked hard. He's, he's put his head down. He stayed humble. And, uh, and I feel like he really turned it around at chili bowl. We had a lot of good success. All of our cars were fast then. And uh, we come out of the box with Dason there and won that first race. I mean, that's the first outdoor race that Dason's ever ran for us. So I feel there's many of those to come. But just just the pride of, of seeing Connor's growth and, and evolution and, and uh, willingness to understand, yeah, we're not where we need to be. And it's going to work hard to get us where we need to be. So, yeah, really exciting. You guys are going to be busy this year. But what are you looking forward to most about everything you guys have have on your plate this year? That's a tough question. There's a lot of things there, but, uh, you know, uh, on the sprint car side of things, um, you know, we can, we can qualify well, we can, we can race well. Um, uh, we can, we can, we can, you know, at times, uh, win races, but consistently on the sprint car side of things, always like being in the top five and winning, you know, hopefully our, our handful of races, um, would be the goal there. It's something I'd be looking forward to. Something I want to improve on for sure. Um, Cause it seemed like in the past, like we're either winning or we're 20th. Right. So we need to get that thing to where we can consistently run good at all the tracks. Mitchell Mitchell's just now getting to be able to see the tracks for the second time. Um, we're going to go out to Pennsylvania. I don't think he's ever even been to Pennsylvania. So he's still behind the curve, right. To, to CJ and Justin and Brady and, and all these guys have been doing this forever. Um, so if we can get consistently up there in the top five with him, that would be something I'm really looking forward to. And then uh, on the midget side of things, you know, continue to work and win races with Dason and seeing Hayden continually just improve. Uh, hopefully Hayden, I mean, if we could get him a win this year on a, 
on a national stage, uh, that would be phenomenal. That would be, that would be awesome. Obviously you're new working with Dason, right? He, he worked with you guys at the chili bowl. Um, but you know, there was a point after his crash and he came back recovery, you know, uh, he was struggling a little bit out West, you know, almost a little bit of a self doubt. And then he went to the chili bowl, made that mistake during the prelim night when he was extremely fast, probably had a chance to win the prelim night. Then he drives through the entire field uh, right. on the C main and his B main r- runs it into the A main that moment right there. And then coming back and then of course winning at Belusha and then now winning with you in the midget, like that moment was like, I can do this. Like, you know, did, did it feel that way to you uh, during that night? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I think, I mean, he had Buddy. It was him and Buddy on the front row of his prelim night of uh, Chili Bowl, and we were faster. I mean, it, it was evident we were faster, and he just screwed up, and he got out of the car, and he's like, man, I just, I just screwed up. And I, and I, he owned it. He, uh, he took responsibility for it, and he, and I, I said, well, you're going to have to get us back to where we need to be, bud, and he did. He drove his freaking tail off. And of course, I think it was him and Alex and the C or the B to transfer through. Yeah. And uh, they're starting right behind each other. I'm like, dude, throw double sliders. Let's both get in here because we had that red. And and uh, they didn't. So Alex didn't get in, but whatever. Uh, anyways, but, yeah, he, he he got us out of that hole. And it was kind of right there, you know. I don't know. I didn't know Dason that well. And I still don't know him really well, honestly. This summer when I'm out there full time, hopefully I get to know him a lot better. Um, but kind of proved to me, right, that uh, that he had what it take to get us out of a hole. And that's what we talk about a lot as a team, like as a – as a crew chief, you know, me, Connor, whatever, maybe anybody out there, right? We're not going to get these cars perfect. We get them as close as we can. And uh, the driver's got to do his job, man. He's got to, at times, get us out of a hole. Sometimes a car's going to suck. I mean, you're telling me that Brady Bacon and CJ Leary, all these guys aren't carrying cars at times. It's just part of the job, right? And if you can't, obviously, as owners, we'll find people that will. And and he showed, you know, he he showed uh, he can do that. And that drive at Port City, you know, he he. I mean, he started 13th. How many times you see in a midget race somebody start 13th go up there and win that thing, right? So, very uh, proved a lot right there. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And then I was just talking to someone the other day, like just how important qualifying is, and and you look at you know what wing sprint sprint car racing is right now. Like, I would love to have a guy like David Gravel who can qualify top three every single night. Well, you have that. Like, you have you, Mitchell yes. Moles, like. He can he can go out there and set quick time almost every single night. That's got to be a relief when you pull into a pit area. Absolutely, uh, and then of course with USAC's format, there we get penalized. So uh, you know it's uh, <laughs> and we typically make it through the, into you the get heat points, race. And, you get points, right? Yeah, yeah, we get points. But yeah, I mean, 2019 we won a championship because we qualified so well, right? We couldn't run, we couldn't win a race to save our lives, but. You know, the first race of the year and the last race of the year we won, but those qualifying was the reason that we won that championship. So that's definitely important. Um, you know, and then you get in your heat race, and it's like we always have the conversation, like, hey, bud, I don't care. We're starting six. Just get us into a just get us into a transfer spot, right? That's our goal. Get us into a transfer spot. Okay, that'll set us up good. And then you realize, shit, we're starting six. It's tough to freaking win a USAC race from six, right? There's a lot of good race cars up there. Um so, yeah, the qualifying we got down, uh, you know, we managed the heat races pretty well. It's just learning, like we talked about before, of being able to win from six, not from the pole. Um, and Mitchell can do that. He'll get us there. I'm sure you're really excited for the year to head. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. Mitchell seeing these tracks for the second time. He already had speed last year, but to see him the second time right. is going to be 
uh, tremendous midget racing. It's so hard right now. The the competition, it's like tough. the cars are so equal and everyone has yeah. equal talent in their race cars. It's like, it's, it's going to be fun to watch this year, but I think you got a good, a, a good shot there with Dason. I think it's going to be a fun year. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Good time. Thanks, Andy. All right, guys. Appreciate you got it. two golden drillers up there, right? Is is that two? Yeah. I bought an extra one for Gary Stanton. I haven't seen him yet. <laughs> but I thought I'd confuse everybody. <laughs> what are some of the big trophies on the right? Oh, like on your, yeah. Oh, those are mine. Those are from uh, Manzanita and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's kind of my area over there. That one right there you can't see behind that USAC deal. Yeah. That was third at the Western World, which I figured out along. I didn't know who Justin Grant was back in the day, but. What was that? Tucson. Oh, shit. Uh, two, 2015, I ran third and Justin won that that, that race. So, uh, I don't know. For me, running third to Justin Grant, I thought was pretty cool. I hung that thing up. 